0: Welcome to the weekend edition of The Daily Writer. Each weekday, we bring you a short lesson that helps you live out the four practices of a great writer. Creativity, courage, consistency, and connection. Here on The Weekend Edition, we take a deeper dive into those topics through conversations with writers, as well as teaching that helps us apply what we're learning. For more, you can visit us at dailywriterlife.com. Well, today is February the 21st, which means that we're almost two months into the new year. And so I've got to ask you, how are things going with your life and with your writing? I'm not sure what your expectations for 2021 were when the clock struck midnight on December 31st, but for many people, this time of year is when things can get a little bit wonky, when things can get a little bit out of whack. And the reason is that We're kind of in that time of year where not a lot of exciting things are happening. Here's what I mean. We're, you know, like a month and a half away from New Year's and away from the excitement of the goals that we've set and and those kinds of things. But yet we're still, you know, a few weeks away from the beginning of spring, at least here in the Midwest where I live. You know, we've as I look at my office window as I'm recording this today, there's snow and there's lots of snow on the ground, in fact, and we're just not coming out of this massive uh, Arctic blast that most of the United States has been in the last week or so. So this is kind of that time of year when people just, uh, don't feel really motivated sometimes. So I'm going to ask you, how are things going with your writing? Um, have you given up on your goals yet? And I hope the answer to that is no. I hope that you're still motivated and excited, but the reality of it is that these first couple months of the year can be difficult because it is cold outside. The excitement of the holiday season has kind of worn off and especially this year we've been through a crazy election and we've got the crazy weather and a pandemic and there's just lots of things working against us emotionally. So if you're feeling stuck in a rut, I want to take a few minutes on this episode today to share some strategic steps that you can take to start climbing out of that rut. Now before we do that, I want to share some wins from our daily rider community as I often do on these Sunday episodes. As you know, the Daily Writer community is a group of generous, engaged writers who are taking action toward their goals. And it has been an absolute blast seeing this group make some serious progress the last couple months since we opened the doors publicly. And I want to take a couple of minutes here to share two specific recent wins from the group. First of all is from our member, Jared. And Jared mentioned that he had a productive week overall. He did some good editing work. And got some good insights for his ebook. Now, here's what the story behind that Jared is working on an ebook about men's loneliness. And Jared and I had a chance to talk about a week ago. Uh, in fact, it wasn't quite a week ago. We got a chance to talk about his ebook. And we also talked about some things for, for my business and writing as well. And Jared is making some great progress toward his goals. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that we make as writers when it comes to productivity is that we tend to discount the small wins. You know, we all want the huge wins like launching a book or getting a new client if you do client work. However, it's those daily small wins that really produce the big results for us. And that's essentially the whole idea of this podcast, which of course is called The Daily Writer. And it's because the daily work is what actually produces the results. You know, as they say, a book is written one word at a time, and that's really true. It's that daily action. It's those daily activities that really keep us moving toward those bigger goals. So Jared, great job pushing forward and making some progress. Phyllis, another one of our group members, wrote, I keep writing studies to go with my videos. I'm a little over halfway finished. Now what Phyllis is talking about here is some bible study material that she's producing for her church. Now again, this is the same thing as what I mentioned about Jared. She's making steady progress toward her goals and she's just taking action and getting it done. And these are some cool wins because they're just reminders of what it actually takes to get the things that we want as writers. It's just taking those small, regular daily and weekly steps. So the same thing is true for you as well. What is the main thing that you're working toward this week? Is it a book? Is it an article, podcast episode, book chapter, something else? Whatever it is, just keep taking consistent action toward that goal and you will eventually get there. It's just a matter of of persistence. You know, so oftentimes we think this writing game is about being really talented or having all the right connections and, you know, sure, things like talent and connections and other things can definitely be helpful, but if you don't have the consistent habits to go behind those things and to, to take advantage of those opportunities and those resources, then you're really still not going to get anywhere. You can have all the connections in the world, but if you don't actually get the writing done, those connections are not going to be very useful to you because you won't have a book to share with those connections and so forth. So great job on uh, great job on these goals, guys. And uh, again, for all our listeners out there, I hope that this is helpful for you to share these wins. I would love for you to be making some great progress as well. And of course, you know, I'm going to mention my Daily Writer community because this is what it's all about is getting your goals done as a writer and being a part of a thriving, encouraging, very positive, action-oriented community can really, really help you achieve those goals. So if you'd like to learn more about the Daily Writer community, check it out at dailywriterlife.com community. Now I'd like to move on to the topic of today's episode, which is how to get out of a creative rut. And I want to give you three specific actions that you can take to do this. Now, one thing I do want to mention before I, I just mentioned these three quick things is that I'm not going to be talking about reading and consuming content as I talk about these specific actions. And the reason is because even though reading is a really important part of getting out of a creative rut, I've already talked at length on many episodes about the importance of reading. So I'm actually going to leave that out of this episode because I don't, Just want to keep beating that horse, even though it's, you know, we've got to ride that horse every day. We've got to be reading and taking in good content. I want to mention three things that maybe you haven't thought of or things that are not so obvious that can help us get out of a creative rut. So let's dive in. I'm going to give you three strategies. Strategy number one is spending time with growth-minded people. And the reality is that the people that you spend time with determine your level of success. You know, they say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around. And I really, really think that's true. If you spend all your time around negative thinkers or small thinkers or people who um, don't have any interesting goals in life, then that's going to rub off on you as well. However, if you spend time around big thinkers and people who are pushing toward their goals and who want something more out of life, that's going to have an amazing impact on your mindset and your success. So here are A few ways to spend time with growth-minded people. Way number one is to join a mastermind group. A mastermind group is a group of people who meet regularly to spur one another on towards success. And it was popularized by Napoleon Hill's classic book, Think and Grow Rich. And I have been a part of several different masterminds for, gosh, the last six or seven or eight years, and they have impacted my life in radical ways. My longest running mastermind meets every Monday morning. So I'm actually recording this uh, today on on February the 21st. We're going to meet tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. like we do every single week and like we've done for years. We meet on Zoom and we're going to talk about our goals. We're going to talk about problems that we're working through and we're just going to encourage each other and spur one another on. And I would encourage you to think about establishing your own mastermind group as well. All that it takes is inviting one or a handful of people to meet with you on a regular basis, maybe once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks. And you talk about the things that you're working on. You talk about obstacles that you're facing as you're trying to accomplish your goals and really however you want to structure it. There's really no rhyme or reason necessarily. Well, there is a rhyme or reason in that there is a great way to structure a mastermind, but you're not confined to that structure. You can structure it however however you want. But The main idea of a mastermind is that this is a group of people who are helping each other achieve their goals. And that's why it's different than something like a a small Bible study group. It's different than, you know, just an academic type of a group where you're studying something, but you're not necessarily tasked with tasked with taking action on those things. A mastermind group is all about helping each other achieve your goals. So that's one great way to spend time with growth-minded people. Another way is to find a mentor. Now, mentoring can take many different shapes, so I would encourage you to find somebody who can help you in a specific area of your life and then ask them if they would be willing to meet on a regular basis. For example, several years ago, I asked the pastor of a large church in my area to mentor me in a work-related area, and that was invaluable to my development as a professor. That was specifically for my college teaching side of things. And I've had different types of mentors for different types of things, and these days I I would say I have a variety of mentors in my life in different areas. Now, mostly, uh, mentoring can be a formal thing, you know, like you can can set up a formal type of arrangement, but it can also be informal. You can it can work either way. So, if there's something in your life that you're really trying to work on specifically, a mentor or a coach can be great. The third thing I want to mention in terms of spending time with growth minded people is to invest in personal coaching, like I mentioned a second ago. Now, the difference between coaching and mentoring is that a coach really takes on a different role than a mentor does. I would say a mentor, at least to my thinking, is more of a passive type of role, whereas coaching is more of an active type of role. A coach is not necessarily there to just give you all the advice. A coach is really there to spur you on, to ask good questions, to help you reflect, and to help you discover the answers and to help you take action. And one thing that you can do is you can pay for personal coaching in a specific area. Now, whenever you whenever you hire a coach, that shows that you're serious And I think you're much more likely to take action when you hire a coach because you're investing in that relationship. So that's something you can definitely do. And then finally, of course, you know, I'm going to mention this, is that a way to spend time around growth-minded people is to join a community. I'm part of several communities right now. Uh, For example, one community that I'm a part of, and this is a paid group, is Total Life Freedom, which is led by my uh, friend, Vincent Puglisi. You can find out more about that group at totallifefreedom.com. It's a great group of people. I highly recommend you check it out if you are an entrepreneur or you want to build a business. I'm also part of a community around Honorary Quarters Publishing PhD course. That's a phenomenal course. It's a paid course, and I highly recommend it. There's a great community around that course. I'm also a part of Dan Miller's 48 Days Eagles. You can go to 48dayseagles.com. I believe the website is. And that's, again, a paid community. The reason I'm mentioning these paid communities is that whenever you invest in something, you're going to be more likely to take action on it. Now, there's tons of free communities out there as well. I'm part of lots of free Facebook groups and other kinds of free things, uh, free networking groups and those kinds of things. And those can all be wonderful as well. So whether free or paid, I encourage you to join a community that can help you go further faster. And of course, this is another opportune time for me to mention the Daily Writer community. It is a paid community. Right now, it is still $25 a month. That's going to go up very, very soon because the value that we're giving in this group is incredible. It goes far beyond $25 a month, I guarantee. But it's really cool because when you join this group, you are surrounded by other writers who are taking action and who can help you achieve your goals. And I've seen the results in my own life from being part of great communities. And I'm seeing the results now in this daily writer community. So that's why I keep mentioning it because communities and other people are a huge, huge key to your success with your writing. And I think with your life in general. So that is strategy. Number one for getting out of a creative rut is spending time with growth minded people. Let's go on to strategy. Number two, and this one is, is hard, but it's very, very simple. Strategy. Number two is eliminating as much negative input as possible from your life. There are two sources of negativity in your life generally, and those are the news and other people. Have you ever noticed that the news consists almost entirely about stories of war, uh, stories about murder, political scandals, and other causes for concern or worry? And the reason for that is that people who craft the news have a vested interest in doing so. Again, you know, we're we're all writers here. So I, I want you to understand that whenever you watch the news, you need to realize that this is in part created by people. Yes, they are reporting facts. They're reporting events that have happened and so forth. But you need to understand that there are producers who are selecting stories to report on. There are writers who are shaping those stories with a specific point of view. Now, it doesn't mean that they're trying to to lead you astray or to present wrong things, but it does mean that you need to understand that the news is there, not just necessarily as, um, as the, as a free resource, you know, they've got bills to pay, they're running commercials and the whole idea behind the news industry is they want you to keep watching. So naturally they're going to report on things that cause you stress, fear, worry, anxiety, and being upset. That's why the vast majority of the news focuses on negative things. It focuses on things that causes fear. That's because when you feel that emotion of fear, you are scared that you're going to not know what's going on. So you're going to continue reading the news, watching the news. So, so those news outlets, those channels can continue to get advertising dollars and so forth. Now, if you're in the news industry, I'm not trying to, to like rip on you or anything, but I am just saying that's, that is kind of the case that you know there's definitely a vested interest in the whole news industry that they want us to keep watching and we just need to be aware of that as viewers i know that whenever i read or watch the news i can literally feel the tension in my shoulders increase and my heart beats faster because i'm worrying about all the things that i'm watching or reading now the irony is that there's nothing you can do about 99% of the news that you read and most of it doesn't affect you directly anyway So I would consider curbing your input of news stories because the vast majority of those don't add any real value to your life. Now, I mentioned two sources of negativity, and that is the news and also other people. Here's the difficult thing about other people is that it's not always so easy to reduce input from negative people, especially if you're spending time around them all the time. However, you can limit that as much as possible. You know, If you have a coworker who's really, really negative, You can try and limit the amount of time you spend with them, even though you can't probably get away from them entirely. You know, it's easy to focus on the negative qualities of others and to forget that we don't have the power to change them. Instead, we have to focus on what we can change ourselves. You know, when we spend time around negative people, we think, why can't they just be more positive? Why can't they just change? Well, the reality is that we can't change them, but we can change ourselves. And sometimes the only thing we can do is to spend less time around those people. In other words, we can we can change something in our situation, but we can't change something in theirs. Let me give you an example. I once had a coworker, and I'm gonna call him Steve, and this was actually not Steve's name, nor was it the correct gender, but I'm just, I'm kind of masking this, uh, if you will. Uh, let's call this person Steve, and Steve was extremely negative. Steve walked around with a terrible frown on his face and Steve seemed like he, he was always miserable. Whenever Steve entered a room, the tension level always went up considerably. Like whenever we would be in a meeting, Steve would come in and the tension level, boom, it would just jolt up a couple notches just because Steve was a person who was very negative and Steve was sarcastic and Steve always kind of had a chip on his shoulder And after a while, I noticed that every time I talked to Steve, I felt more negative about my workplace, and I even started to become suspicious of other people because Steve was a huge gossip, and Steve always had the the negative news about everybody. So whenever I would talk to Steve, I would start to become suspicious of other people around me when Steve would talk to me about those people. So I began to limit my interactions with Steve to only those interactions that were absolutely necessary for work purposes. Now, you've heard of the phrase garbage in, garbage out, and that is certainly true when it comes to your mind. One of the keys to a positive life is getting rid of as much negative input as possible. So I would encourage you to try and curb your diet of news and also curb the time that you spend around other negative people as much as possible. The third strategy for getting out of a creative rut is this, paying attention to your physical health. Now, of the suggestions that I'm sharing here on this episode, this is the one where I have typically had the most difficulty. Honestly, I've struggled with my weight since I was in my late 20s. I've gone up and I've gone down and it's ballooned and it's gone down over the years. But it's been difficult, honestly, for me to maintain a really consistent, healthy weight. And the reason is that because I love reading And I love writing, both of which are sedentary activities. And I also love fast food and cookies and junk food and burgers and fries and all that stuff. And those habits are a recipe for disaster. Now, I'm not a health coach. And to be honest, I'm probably the last person that you want to take advice from when it comes to health and fitness and and weight loss and those kind of things. However, I will say this, that a couple of years ago, I started running and I really, really love it. I haven't done it consistently over the winter time because it's been so cold outside. But very, very soon, um, I'm going to start training for a half marathon and some other small races this year because I want to get back in shape. I want to lose some weight, and just in the past five or six days, actually since last Wednesday, so Lent actually started last Wednesday. I don't come from a religious tradition where I really practice Lent, but I decided this year I'm going to go for it. So I actually have cut out sugar for my diet for Lent. 40 days just seemed like it was a doable length of time. So I just decided, hey, I'm just going to give this up for Lent. And with the exception of of yesterday, actually, when I had a few Girl Scout cookies, I will confess that. We ordered some Girl Scout cookies weeks ago, and I totally forgot they were coming. So they got delivered yesterday, and man, I could not resist those. So I did have a few of those cookies. But otherwise, I've been totally clean. With not having any sugar. And I will tell you that I have, I already have more energy. I feel more alert and I feel more positive because I've almost entirely cut out extra sugar for my diet, which includes sodas, uh, cookies, ice cream, you know, except for those couple cookies I ate yesterday and things like that. So I can definitely attest to the fact that when you don't pay attention to your physical health, it drags you down, you're tired. You're drowsy half the time, and it just kind of is a drag on your whole life. So I am changing my diet to get healthier, to lose some weight, and so I can be a better version of myself for, uh, for my family and for the world and for myself. You know, your physical energy and your health does affect your creative life. When you have more energy, you get excited about things. You can interact with people on a, on a higher level. You are able to have more stamina as you write and as you go about your daily life. And I know it's hard to make changes to your eating habits. I mean, trust me, I've been there and um, I love all that fast food and all that junk food. Uh, It is difficult, but maybe together we can do this. Maybe this can be our year to finally get healthier and to become the physical embodiment of ourselves that is going to be the best version that we've ever had. Now, the cool thing is that whenever we are more disciplined with our health, that also extends to other areas of our lives. Like, for example, whenever I cut out sugar, whenever I don't eat or drink certain things, that empowers me to be more disciplined in other areas. So, you know, our health and our fitness and our diet, that also affects our riding life and our discipline in that area and our mindset and so many other things as well. Plus, whenever we look and feel better, it has an overall positive effect. On every area of our life. So those are three strategies to get out of a creative rut. The one that I am definitely working on the most is number three, which is paying attention to our physical health. But those are spending time with growth-minded people, eliminating negative input, and as I already mentioned, paying attention to our physical health. Hope that this is helpful for you. Uh, This has been helpful for me to review these and man, I want success for you this year so, so bad. And one of the best ways you can do that is by checking out our Daily Writer community. I've already mentioned this a couple of times in this episode, so I don't want to give you tons more of info. You can go to dailyriderlife.com slash community to find out more. Thanks so much, and I'll see you tomorrow.